Welcome to the Twee Couch Guitar Therapy Session where we talk about all things guitar related. My name is Dr. T and I am not a licensed therapist, but I play one on a podcast. Today on the Twee Couch we are counseling on back into pedals. Back in the day I played Dan Electro Minis, the Visual Sound Jekyll and Hyde, and Vox Waz. Years later I started to dabble in pedal building with Build Your Own Clone. As time moved on, so did my needs, and I went to multi-effects. Now, I'm all over the place, but I'm ready to get back into the pedal world. But what's out there? Does it have to be boutique? Is true bypass still a thing? Does the power supply matter? Am I using the right cables? Should I go back to rack gear? Does the amp matter? Is PRS really in the pedal game? And Mount Rushmore pedals. What are four iconic pedals that deserve monumental status? Well, we will discuss this and more on this group therapy session with Chris on the Tweed Couch. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining us today for some group therapy on the couch about getting back into pedals. So thanks, Chris, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, this uh, couch is a lot more comfy than I thought it would be. Yeah, well, you know, it's surprising. It's getting worked in. You yes, know, this is yeah. episode number 87, so, okay. I mean, we're getting some use out of the couch. That's great. Yeah, my yes. wife is super happy, so that's <laughs> good. Uh, we don't let the dog on it, cat mm. or anything, so there's no hair. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, on to what we're actually talking about. We're going to talk about some pedals, but you know, this is the first time you have been in for some group therapy with me. So yeah. I think it would be great if you just told the people a little bit about maybe even how we met and a little bit of why it is it's fun to have you here on the couch to talk about about pedals. Because we met actually because of church. You are our church sound engineer, but you're the online guy, which yes. by the way, Peace Church DFW, listen to the mix this last week on Sunday, ended up being acoustic and piano, but usually there's drums and guitar and all that kind of stuff, and he's the one that makes us sound so good. Well, thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and all that stuff. Okay. So I've been doing mostly church audio for over a decade. Wow. Doing mostly front of house monitors, but since I've been here at Peace Lutheran, I've been doing broadcast. Okay. It's it's a little bit of a different approach than front of house, but it's it's a lot of fun. I've also been playing guitar for I kind of figured this out yesterday. I think it's been about 18 years. Yeah. So. Okay, impromptu question. Yes. What was your first guitar? My first guitar was actually a Oscar Schmidt acoustic. Yeah. If you've even ever heard of it? I've heard of it. It's a Washburn oh, yeah. owned company. Uh, my grandpa gave it to me. He started teaching me just cowboy chords. Yeah. He learned a lot of country music. It's just He's from Louisiana, so we learned a lot of that style. And that's actually all I knew how to play for a while until my uncle taught me the pentatonic scale. Then yeah. it was all downhill from there, you know. Okay, so pentatonic scale. So tonally, what are you looking for whenever you're playing? So like for me, okay. I'm kind of that blues rock mm -hmm. kind of guy. But there's definitely a lot of that Southern rock. Mm -hmm. And because I've been doing contemporary Christian music for a few decades, it kind of has put me into that place where whenever I'm looking for a tone, I'm looking for something that's more along the just pushed and a whole lot of like 
effects um, behind sure. it and stuff like that. So what are you looking for tonally, and what, what gear do you play right now? All right. I am a big classic rock guy. Yeah. love any of the old classics. Favorite band is Pink Floyd. Really? Yes. I love David Gilmore. Yeah. So a few years back, I definitely did tone chasing to try to get that Gilmore sound. Uh, yes. Unsuccessfully, because I don't sound like David Gilmore. You know, no one sounds like yeah, David Gilmore. that's true. But uh, David Gilmore. But the sound I go for definitely is classic rock influence. I do like to have an amplifier that definitely has that tube compression going. So when I'm playing dirty or playing clean... It's still a little compressed, not completely. And then if I dig into it, I like that overdriven. So edge of breakup, yeah. as far as my amps go. Right now, the amplifiers I have, I'm not going to talk about the Behringer Solid State amp that I started out with. Yeah, no, it's not worth it. Yeah, no. Uh, but <laughs> I have a Softech MiG-50, um, yeah. which is the second channel is a bassman style. Yep. Love that sound. It's a really solid amp. Takes the rats very well. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, love a rat. We need to talk about that. Yeah, we, we talk, talk about, about pedals. The rat. And then for just playing at home, just need a nice kind of bedroom level. I have mm-hmm. a Laney Cub 12 yeah. head. It's 15 watts, but you can take it down to less than one watt. Okay. That's all it says. I don't know the exact wattage. Yep. And it's great because, you know, neighbors don't get mad at you when you're playing at one watt. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. And you just plug it into a speaker cab? Yeah, just have a Laney speaker cab. Um, I also have an Oxbox, the oh, okay. Universal Audio. Um, yep. So if I need to play with headphones, I can do that. You can totally so. do that. Oh, that's so cool. Um, so all of that, one of the things that you didn't necessarily mention was your pedals. So oh, we yes. should probably go ahead and talk about some pedals and some things that we do and you know for me with the venues that i end up playing most of the pedals in which i end up going for are multi-effects because essentially being a um a worship leader of some sort you're essentially a cover band yeah for multiple different types of artists and it could be anybody and it could be anything and best bang for buck, that's where I went. And right now, it's the Quad Cortex. Which I have toyed with getting one because I'm yeah. pretty impressed with it. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. I'm I'm surprised on the sound. But that's multi-effects stuff. Yeah. And I've been a multi-effects guy for a long time. HX Effects, HX Stomp, the M9, the M13. And, and most of those things have been more along the line of Line 6 stuff. For sure. But Boss does good stuff. Digitech has done great stuff and all that. So on to you. Tell me tell me about your pedals. What pedals do you use a lot and that you love? Okay. So I do want to touch on the multi-effects real quick because uh, my first pedal board was a multi-effects. It was an Ibanez. I don't even know the name. Okay. But it had like a tube screamer. You can get all these multiple effects. Interesting. Played on that for years because it was just what I had. But as far as pedals I love, like to go to, like I said, I like to run my amp sort of clean, like into compression. So I love to use fuzz pedals. Definitely a fuzz oh, guy. Okay. So yes. if you're a fuzz guy, what fuzzes do, All right. you, do, do you love and that you're currently okay. like into? Uh, the fuzz face for sure. That's, that's a great one. But my favorite fuzz pedal is the Big Muff. Oh. So I love it. When you run your amp at a certain 
volume because you do have to get those power tubes up. Yep. The Big Muff, yes, it's a scooped mids pedal, but when you crank it up just a little bit, you can get more of that mid-range back, and it balances yep. it out. So with the way I run a Big Muff, it's the same way I like to run a Rat. It's I like it just to get kind of a smooth, Gilmore-esque mm-hmm. type yep. thing. Um, love playing with delay. I've got multiple delay pedals. I don't even know half of them that I have, but... Uh. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're saying you're trying to make it smooth and you're trying mm. to make it Gilmore-like... Yes, you then have a black strat, don't you? I do have a black strat. Because yes. the color changes your tone. Of course, yes. Yeah. So the color is where <laughs> it all comes from. <laughs> but yeah, I do have a black strat. And of course you do. like I said, years ago, I tried to tone chase David Gilmore, so I set up my strat exactly like his. Yep. I actually, the pickups I have in them are David Allen Echoes. Okay. Which are voiced supposedly like David Gilmore's guitar. I don't know if that's true. Okay. But. Now, I've... So, Jason is on this podcast. Mm-hmm. He's usually the one that's face down on the couch. You're sitting yes, exactly yes. where he is. Oh, Which nice. is great. 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 Just make sure you rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get pink eye, Jason. It's going to happen. <laughs> but anyway, so he is... He or he has been more mm-hmm. of a chaser, chaser, chaser. All the way down yeah. to... You know, he will rub dirt in a certain area on the guitar because that's where that dirt was found on that person's guitar. Right. Whatever it is. Gilmore has done a number of different things that's different. Are you all the way down to the gauge of strings? Because that's all messed up, too. Yes, I am. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so tell tell the people, then, what are the gauge of strings that Gilmore uses? Okay, I don't know the exact numbers, but... The equivalent would be the high E would be a 10 okay. uh, gauge. And then when you go down to the B and G strings, they're a set of nines. So they're thinner okay. than a... So it's whatever is the nine set. Yes. It's those yeah, strings. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then what about the other three? 11s. Oh, so it goes to the 11s yeah, set. Yeah, the 11 set. Okay. So a big, I- meaty, low end while you still have all the sparkles of the high, but... Easier to bend, too. Yeah, yes. And uh, then you also have that uh, high E string, which mm-hmm. is able to withstand a little bit more bending without breaking. Yes. And so the thing is, I played 10s for years, and I liked them. I read that David Gilmore used the custom set. I tried his signature strings. Okay. They're boomers. Yeah. So they kind of die quickly. So sometimes I'll... Yeah. I've been actually been going through experimenting with different brands of strings within those gauges. Okay. And I'll eventually settle on something, but I'm... you know what? We're going to we're going to have to come back. We're going to talk yeah. about strings because I've got opinions yeah. when it comes to strings. I've played many different strings and brands, and it sounds like you've messed with gauges some, and mm-hmm. I you know what? Maybe people would be interested in electric, acoustic, bass, whatever. For sure strings and we'll we'll do that i'll I'll just mention this when i first started playing guitar it was acoustic i didn't know anything about it so my first set of strings that i bought were 13s on acoustic oh wow and i was a beginner those are mediums yeah but, but they're hefty for when a you're beginner. first starting out i was like um these are pretty hard to play yeah so i learned my lesson on that <laughs> yeah my 14 year old cork sniffer he actually played acoustic today for the church band okay. for the the kids one and I put mediums on it because yeah. I was like, well, it's a smaller body guitar. Mm-hmm. I want a little bit more meat to it. And he was playing. He was like, dad, my fingers hurt. And my forearm hurts. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. I know. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> but back to petals. Yes. Okay. So if we're going to talk about uh, um, fuzz being your favorite, and you said the big muff, there's a lot of different big muffs out there. Oh, yeah. Because there's people who have done their own take on it. There's a lot. Do you have an original big muff? Do you have like a 90s recreation, or do you have a boutique version? Um, I don't have an original. Uh, I would love to. I'm just not going to spend over a grand on a pedal. But yeah. Or at mm-hmm. least, well, not right now. Yeah. So I, I don't have an original. I do have boutique versions. I have worn and cuff. Hold clones. on, you said versions. So you have you have. Oh, I have multiple big muffs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is probably an important thing. We we need to address this for everybody. I actually counted how many pedals I have. Keep in mind, I'm not a huge pedal guy i was a multi-effects guy for a long time but i never sold off the old ones Mm. well not all of them at least and i went ahead and counted it up i got just over 25 pedals i only ever really used two yeah and a wireless at any you know because of the quad cortex Mm -hmm. and it's a volume wah and it's my wireless and that that's it how many pedals do you have in in guessing just sitting in the closet, sitting in the drawer, or actually on the pedal board? All right. So I th- my wife definitely thinks I have too many. I, I don't know if that I think that. But... Well, it's probably too many for her because she doesn't use them. Yeah, that's right. Um, I would probably say I have about 25 as well. Yeah? Um, and they're mostly all big muffs. No. 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 <laughs> A good chunk of them are, but... Okay, well, then what else is there? Because we, okay. we didn't never really finish talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. some of those, so, those pedals you like. So, so I like I like fuzz pedals. I, I like distortion, like the rat that we've mentioned. Okay, um, how many rats do you own? I only own one. It's a yeah, uh, 1985 version. Okay, so. the white label. Yeah, yep. and supposedly the chip is, Yeah. people claim it sounds better. I'm not sure if that's true, but oh a, rat, my gosh. a rat is a rat. Yeah, but. you know... I have the Build Your Own clone. Okay, yeah. And they used to call it the Mighty Mouse. Now they just right. call it the Mouse. Mm-hmm. And it is my favorite rat ever. Yeah. Uh, someday, I need to borrow your rat. Okay. And yeah, plug it against that. my rat. That'd be super fun. What I love about the old rats is they don't have an LED. Oh, uh, yeah. Because the guy who designed them was like, people will know it's on when you click it on. That's yeah. true with the rat. Yeah. Okay. So I have also one of my v- all-time favorites, which is not everyone's cup of tea, is the Boss HM2. Really? The Boss Heavy the Metal. Heavy Metal. Yes. <laughs> so I have three of those. <laughs> three of them. Yes. So I have a <laughs> Taiwanese version and two Japanese made in Japan. <laughs> why Why do you... Um, it, do they sound different? Let's ask that. Honestly, yeah. Each one sounds a little bit different. Really? I would actually say the first one I got, the made, it was a made in Japan. It sounds excellent. The made in Taiwan version almost sounds the same. And I have another made in Japan. That sounds completely different than both. Okay. So the thing with older pedals is they were very inconsistent on yeah. components. You've got drift from components yep. just having different tolerances. And so I would say each one just sounds a little bit different. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I'm just imagining that you're basically David Gilmore if he played for Megadeth. Hey, 
I mean, he did use the HM2 back in the 80s. Yeah. Another brick in the wall would have not turned out the same. No. Actually, yeah. that he was plugged straight into the console for that song. Really? Yeah. What, do you remember what the console no, was? No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that. It was like his old Neve console. Yeah, yeah I don't know. maybe. Like, uh, but yeah, so I have three. And really, really I bought them just because I found a good deal on them. And older pedals just have the tendency to fail. And so I wanted yeah. some backups. That was before Boss came out with the Wazacraft version. Which oh. I'm interested in getting because it's probably going to last a little longer than my older pedals. And Wazacraft is something that actually has really, really intrigued me. And and mm-hmm. and maybe that's something that we should actually talk about now before we yeah. kind of finish up the other things yeah. is I've thought about getting like an all boss board because yeah. I just I love that they're built like a tank. Mm-hmm. I love that they're different colors so I don't have to like read anything. I just click on it and... There it is. You know, there's something to the uniformity Mm -hmm. that I know the spacing, I know where things go and all that. So boss pedals, if I had to make an all boss board, I'm probably looking at two metal zones. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I have Uh, one of those. (laughs) Uh, Just one? Just one. Okay. All right. Is it Taiwanese? Uh, Probably. I don't know. But um, I would probably go with their Blues Driver version. Oh, yeah. You know, got to have that. Pedal. What is that one called? It's like B- BD2. Yeah. yeah. So probably do that one. Probably go ahead and do the SD1 because oh. it is their Tube Screamer-like, even though it's a different clipping. Yeah. it. I think it's asymmetric. Yeah, I think yeah. it's asymmetrical. And the other one, the Tube Screamer is actually symmetrical. Mm-hmm. So could be an easy mod. Yeah. I think, if I remember correctly... I could be wrong, but Wazacraft might have put a switch in that you could flip it. Okay. I, I can't yeah, remember. I, I know Wazacraft has a lot of, they have a custom mode, they call it. Yeah. Where they have different EQs or something. Yeah. So, that I mean, that could be true. Or it could be lying and they should do that. All right, that, that yeah, could they be should. That would be nice. <laughs> the other thing is, want to have probably their phaser. I really like their – no, it's not the phaser. It's the phalanger. It's the purple one. Oh, yeah. I, I just – for some reason, I love the way that that one, that one goes. And then I would need a delay. And the DD6 through 8 mm-hmm. all allow you to do tap tempo. Okay. And yeah. it's still in the same size box. So those are things that I would definitely be interested in. Mm-hmm. I like tremolo, but they don't do anything tap tempo tremolo, and I like tap tremolo. I'm not much of a tremolo guy myself, but yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just something about that flutter. I love it. Okay, so for you, yeah. if you had to do... Oh, and of course, I need a TU3. Oh, yeah. you got to have the tuner. Gotta, yes. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. And and maybe their looper. And then maybe their power station. And may, No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. All right, but you get the so idea. That's did, where I'm at. How about you? If what I did is an all-boss board, um, yeah. yeah, I would definitely get a Wazacraft HM2. Oh, yeah. Blues driver. Yep. I love that pedal. I would probably get the SD one. That's that's a nice mm-hmm. tube screener like. Definitely a delay. Uh honestly, their flanger is great. So I'd probably have a very similar yeah. in that sense. But that would probably be I so when I run pedals, I have a lot, but I normally only use about three at a time. Oh okay. in general. Uh, yeah, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. It just depends depends on what I'm going for, what I want to play. For instance, like if I want to use modulation, oh yes, I gotta mention this. The CE 
two. Oh, you're right. I yep. do have one of the originals. Yep. It's I a sh- great chorus pedal. Yeah. It's just really solid. But I know on the Wazicraft version, they have a CE1 mode. Oh. I've, I've yet to play it to see how it really stacks to the original. Maybe something that would be worthwhile is to collect a bunch of them. Yeah. Scratch the itch, enjoy it. Yeah. You know, get them used mm-hmm. and then just sell them back off. Because sure. people want them. Oh, yeah. They're great little things. They're built like a tank. See, it's funny. About 15, 20 years ago, everyone was against Boss because it wasn't true bypass. It wasn't. Oh, yeah. Everyone was big on, you got to have all these special components that you can't get anywhere else. And Yeah. Uh, well, that actually brings up another interesting mm-hmm. thing that we should talk about, which is some of the like possible like fallacies, myths, or trends that we've mm-hmm. noticed with pedals. So I remember the true bypass time. Yes. It was the 90s, early 2000s, and everything needed to be true bypass. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden people would go, why is my tone loss? Yeah. Like, I thought this was true bypass. And then people went, well, you need a buffer. And they went, well... What's a good buffer? And they would say, boss pedal. Yeah. Just put put a TU3 in front of it, or a TU2 at that time. And all of a sudden, all the signal would come back. So crazy. So if you stack a bunch of boss pedals or any buffered pedals together, you're going to get colored of your sound, tone yeah. loss. That's why I think it's important to have a mix of true bypass and buffer. Yeah. If you have a switcher, um, just have something in the chain. It could be a TU3. Yeah. It has a great buffer. It's really funny that you'll see people spending a lot of money on a dedicated buffer. I'm yeah. like, just get a boss pedal. Yeah. Get something. Well, uh, especially because it's things that like you don't really notice. Mm-hmm. Like you're buying it for you, not for yeah. anybody else. You really it's really just for you. Yeah. But but even with that, you had other little trends that showed up. Mm-hmm. I remember the solderless cable trend. Oh yeah. Those George wires. Yeah. 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 And that obviously was yeah, a nightmare yeah. to deal with. So they do sound great. Sure. But at the same time, they also fail really easy. That was a trend that used to happen. Mm-hmm. Let's see. What else was there? Gosh. Hand-wired pedals. Oh, that's right. Hand-wired pedals. It needed to be wired by hand. Yep. Because everything sounds better when someone hand-wired it, I, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yep, that was a big one. I mean, let's look back at Pete Cornish pedals. I think he's kind of the granddaddy of all boutique pedals. Mm-hmm. But really what he was building it for was professional musicians who had to go on the road a lot. Yeah. So they needed something that was going to withstand a lot of abuse and have a lower noise floor, great buffers. I think what happened is over time, you just had all these mass-produced pedals, and people were like, oh, this fuzz face doesn't sound the same as my original. Yeah. Well, I think I read a story where Jimi Hendrix, when he was going through to find the right fuzz face, he went through like 10 to find one that sounded good. Yeah. Because people think older is better. It's not true. Yeah. Now, there's certain components they don't make anymore in certain roles, right. like the electric mistress and all that. But the mass-produced ones, they sound more similar. And so I think... People like Analog Man, I think, did a mm-hmm. great job of taking the fuzz face and figuring out, okay, what's the bias this needs to be? And I think Boutique had a great place because it was more 
dedicated to let's get a great sound out of this pedal before we ship it out. Yeah, and I would agree. Uh, Usually there was also a customer service to it. Yes. That they were like, okay, I know this thing inside and out. I can take care of it. But at the same time, your wait time was far larger because you already bought that pedal. Yeah. They got to get I've been on the king of tone list for a while. Oh, yeah. I just got the email that I can order mine now. Oh. Yeah. Congrats. So um, So you're about to be 26 pedals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll see. Yeah, yeah that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, you know, and when I when I think of all of the different things that were told way back when, do you remember the Carl Martin pedals? Yeah, I've got a story about that. Yeah. Um, so first started playing guitar, could barely play anything at all, which was great, but I was looking at like, okay, boss pedals, I could afford those few other pedals and a guy knew who he'd been playing for years and years professionally and all that he told me oh don't get a boss pedal you're, you're gonna sound like crap you should get this carl martin drive yeah which by the way which, is a great yeah, drive it is it's, it is and you know what it even comes with its own power supply which is excellent yeah yeah uh, it's a great sounding i think it was the uh, plexi his version of the plexi which yeah sounds amazing but being a teenager at the time, I looked at the price and thought, I could never afford that. Yeah. A lot of people I knew just, they gave me probably great advice, but it wasn't necessarily helpful for being yeah. a starting guitarist. And so I had this Fender amp that my uncle gave me. It's great, great sounding amp. You had to crank it to get any sort of drive out of it. Yeah. So I was kind of uninspired to play a lot because I had to play it quiet. Oh, so sure. I, you know. Probably if I had a boss pedal, I'd probably play more. It wasn't until I got that Ibanez multi-effects with the Tube Screamer, I played a lot more. (laughs) Isn't that an interesting way to think about things? Mm -hmm. When we were kids, we bought certain things. Right. And then now that we're older, we get certain things. And what I'd recommend now is not what I would have recommended 10 years ago. Oh, for sure. 20 years ago. And what's interesting is that I remember going through this phase where I was like, man, when I was a kid, if I could have talked to my younger self, I would have said, go get a tweed tremolux and go get some uh, tube screamers and a clon and, you know, go get those things. But honestly, I didn't know how to use those. It's like giving that Ferrari to the 16 year old. It's like, I'm sorry, Bieber. It's just not a good idea. (laughs) And nowadays, I look at it and go, what is this kid going to be able to handle Mm -hmm. and be inspired to play? One of the things that I did was with my own son, Owen, I know that I prefer the analog sound. I prefer everything to be its own thing with its own circuit and, and going. But I encouraged my kid to get positive grid spark right because i went everything's there you can play with it you can toy around with it and you're inspired to play do it yeah and i think for people starting out on guitar getting a multi-effects unit is a great option it gives Mm -hmm. you plenty of things to figure out how to tweak things how to get a good sound like oh what kind of sound i want and that can lead you later on to building more of a pedal board because I definitely am a big fan of having pedals at my feet as opposed yeah. to a multi-effects unit. So. Yeah. You know, speaking of pedals, I don't mm-hmm. know if you you saw this, but 
PRS announced that they're in the pedal game now. I just saw that today. And I found that really interesting because Paul Smith has said for years that the way that people are playing guitars now is they're using them as synthesizers. And he seemed like he was genuinely upset about this. He was like, well, they're just synthesizers. It's not guitar into an amp. And now he's part of the problem yeah. and the solution. So what do you take on these? Because there's three of them. Uh, the first one is Wind Through the Trees, which is a dual phalanger. Yeah. Then there's Merry Cries, which is an optical compressor. And then there's Horse Meat. Tell, tell me some thoughts. What okay. So first thoughts, I haven't really listened to them in depth, but the flanger sounds amazing. I, I thought the flanger sounded amazing too. Yeah. And I'm a big flange guy. As when it go, comes to modulation, flange is definitely my favorite form yeah. of modulation. The compressor, I didn't really get to hear it too much. I just listened to a quick video uh, yeah. earlier today. And then the horse, horse meat. meat, it's clon based, right? Is it? You know, it it seems like it's an answer to the clon. Yeah, is what they're trying to do. It's not a clon circuit. Mm-hmm. It's an answer to the things that the clon might have been missing. Right. And what I what I heard from the clip I heard, it was almost fuzzy tones. It just it oh. had some some of that choke that a fuzz yeah. can get. Probably if I listened to it on another clip, it probably wouldn't sound that way. It was probably whoever was playing it. There's a lot to the player and what yeah, they're doing. Yeah. To me, the the most intriguing of all of them mm-hmm. is that phalanger because you have all of this ability to dial in how wobbly and extravagant you want it to be. But the one that I think I'm like the most excited about is that compressor. Yeah. Because the compressor is built after one of those like LA 2A studio compressors that really only has like two knobs. Yes. Yeah. It goes in and it comes out. And then it there's that that LED that shows how hard it's hitting. So if you're hitting that compressor hard, it's giving you that visual attack look. And I love that. Mm. So I mean, this is obviously me talking to a studio engineer or a, a live engineer kind of guy that uses rack stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, duh, like that's the best way. It should yeah, have always yeah. been that way. Yeah, and LA2A is great. I I think the, I don't know the company name. There is another, I think it's like Electrode something. Okay. I don't know the company name, but they have an LA2A I've been interested in getting for a bit, but this PRS might be Yeah, promise. I'm actually a compressor guy. It, it compressors are hit or miss for a lot of people and it it really depends on your play style but i have like the old boss compression sustainer yeah the cs2 the cs2 or the cs3 actually i actually have the one. cs2 yeah i know the cs3 has kind of like tone shaping so you can get it brighter or darker yeah I, it's also quieter yeah yeah uh what i do love about the cs2 is it's got this you can set it up to have kind of that thumpy quality yeah. So you can get some interesting sounds with it. But yeah, that PRS compressor does seem pretty promising. Yeah. I, I'm excited to see where it ends up going for them because if it goes well, then they'll keep moving. Yeah. I I think that the other thing Maybe it'll make a metal zone. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And and there's actually two thoughts that I had with this. And one was, hey, PRS is finally making something that's somewhat affordable for people. Yeah. You know, it gets people in the PRS game. Granted, I think each pedal is like $350 still, so... Yeah, that's that? that's up there. But then that led me to my second thought, which is, 
are they going to make an SE model? Okay. SE model pedal? That would be interesting. You know, they'd yeah. have to do the S2 first mm-hmm. and then down to the other. Next thing you know, it's like JHS's white and black pedals. You're talking about the three knob series? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those those actually seem pretty promising, too. I don't own any, but i thinking about getting the delay at least. Well, yeah, considering that you can find them used for like 70 bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they're only 100 new to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, shoot, find yourself a coupon. And, and for someone who's younger and I think uh, who's looking into getting pedals, I think they're a great option too. Yes. You don't have any too many fancy bells and whistles, but you don't really need that all the time. Yeah. Well, this um, will make Jason's skin crawl, but I like the idea of mini pedals. And I think that mini pedals for a youngster oh, yeah. is nice because they, they don't have a ton of room in their mm-hmm. – or I'm guessing they don't have a ton of room in their bedrooms because they got all their other stuff. Or their dorms. Or, or dorms. Yeah. And it's an easy thing to just kind of put under the bed or mm-hmm. put in a drawer and then pull out when you want it. I have a Build Your Own Clone Mini, mini Tube Screamer, which I think is great. Okay. And then I have a Moor – it's their version of the Electric Mistress flange pedal. Okay. I think it I think it works okay. Uh it's got a little bit of an anti like their anti-aliasing filters a little funky so you yeah. get all these artifacts and stuff. Oh. So it's not like perfect, but it works. Yeah. You know. Uh So many pedals are great. I just I'm not sure if I'm the biggest fan of them either. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's cool. Maybe I'm by myself. Oh, well, maybe. I mean, I I have nothing against them. Yeah. But at the same time, it is nice that you have a small footprint that that you have for your space, whether it be sure. your home or your stage mm-hmm. or whatever. But you need like eight pedals. Yeah, that's that, nice. It, it's a great option. I mean, I do have a like I said, I have one of the. It's a worn and cuff big muff. It's based on the Ramshead version. Mm-hmm. It's so big. Putting it on a pedal board just takes up too much space. Yeah, like the so. Klon, it, it takes up a lot of space, and it's just it's so much. I do think we should take a quick break for the sponsors. And then when we come back, I want to do a fun little exercise. And I want to do Rushmore pedals. So just like Mount Rushmore, which is plastered high in rock, showing all these presidents that we are proud of the things that they have done. We're also going to go ahead and we're going to do the same thing for pedals. And we're going to have four pedals that we think should be plastered high in rock. All right. Yeah, this will be good. All right, so let's take a word for our sponsor. If you are looking for a way to help support the Tweed Couch and it costs no money to you, then check out our YouTube channel and become a subscriber. Also, you can tell someone about the podcast and share an episode with them. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Who doesn't love a party with a purpose? If you love music, family-friendly, and camping, then you need to come to LifeFest. In 2023, they will host one of the largest music festivals in the United States in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I'll see you there. Let's hear from another sponsor. Since 2003, the Kretzman Guitar Company has been repairing and building guitars. In 2021, Kretzman started production of a solid body electric guitar with the goal of providing affordable, awesome looking and sounding guitars that anyone, student to expert, would be proud to play and own. Be sure to check them out at KretzmanGuitars.com. Let's hear from our final sponsor. If you like my voice on this podcast, I am using a Tech Zone Audio Products Stellar X3, and I am honored 
for the opportunity to represent it. All right, so Mount Rushmore was made a long, long time ago, and you know there there's actually a lot of people who are upset about Mount Rushmore because of the way that the land was taken or what it's doing to the environment and blah blah blah. You know what? Let's put all that aside. We're talking about really monumental effects. And top four is kind of this idea. And I did a couple of different ways on this. I mean, if I could do a multi-fex one, then of course, Line 6 and Sansamp and Digitech and Boss all need to be on that as brands. And, and if I were doing just brands in general, Boss, Ibanez, MXR, here's, here's a controversial one, Full Tone. Okay. I think that those would possibly be on it. But Fulltone made some great stuff. Oh, yeah. And they were the first boutique pedal that really, in my opinion, became widely purchasable. Yes. And that that's a big deal. It, I think it opened the door for people like Wampler and JHS to be oh, able that, to go do sure. things. Yeah. So those brands are big. But if I had to nail it down, I think I need the Ibanez TS8. I think I need a Proco Rat. Good choice. I think this is another controversial. I think a Klon Centaur has to be in there, <laughs> you know, because the Klon Centaur is as much as people go, that's oh, just hype. It's just where, yeah, but we talk about it a whole lot. It's important. And then the last one is, I think, a little bit of a surprise, maybe to many. I decide not to do the Line 6 DL4. Which is the delay, because oh, yeah. technically that's a multi-effect. Can't really go with that. But I did think that the boss delays the DD6 through 8, even though they're digital. Like, hey. boss has made it happen. Digital delay is a great effect. It is. Yes. It is. So there's my four. What my four the DD2? The and long so, chip. Well, yes. And you know what? <laughs> and for those that are upset about the analog, that it's not analog, then... I, I would easily put in the uh, Ibanez, what is it, the A-something-9. It's really great. It's kind of a purpley pedal as well. But all that to say, TSA, your Rat, your Centaur, and then a Boss Delay. Th- those would be my, my Rushmore. So how okay. about you? What's your Rushmore stuff? All right. So I guess there's a couple ways I could approach it. One is Mount Rushmore's for everyone. And I could pick pedals that would make everyone happy. Yes. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, darn right. I'm going to be selfish. Yeah. So You deserve see. this. Yes. Yeah. So let's see. I guess I can start with uh, who would be on Roosevelt's face. Uh, I'm going to put that. Said, <laughs> Is it a fuzz face? <laughs> well, he said, uh, speak softly, carry a big stick. So what I would put in here is a BK Butler tube driver. Wow. Yes. You know, that is not a terrible idea at all. Okay. Because that thing can get powerful and you can crank it. Yep. And you can also dial it back. Yep. I have the five knob version with the bias. Bias. Yeah. Um, But those are the ones that you can turn the gain down pretty much and and just crank the volume. And what you get is just more compression than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard uh, those. Those are nice. Eric, Eric Johnson approved. Uh, but, of course, it had to have, you know, alkaline batteries that oh, yeah. had so much charge. I think uh, you have to get 
batteries from Mars somewhere? Yeah. Like material from Mars? Yeah, and Mars music has been yeah. gone for years. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> well, there you go. So it's actually has its own power supply, wall power. Yeah. But it, to me, as far as kind of in the realm of overdrive and distortion, I think for me it's a very versatile pedal. You usually have to play it pretty loud yeah. on your amp to get any um, good sound. So I know a lot of guys have gotten that pedal and just did not like it. Yeah. They were playing probably bedroom volume. doesn't always work for that. Uh, same with the Big Muff. But um, All right. So, so that, that's that's my first choice. And then... All right. So we're, we're, what's number two then? Okay. So Abraham Lincoln. Yep. I will have to put the Civil War Big Muff. <laughs> was, was it made during the Civil War? No. It, so it's a Russian Big Muff. So that doesn't make any sense now. I, I know. The reason people call it the Civil War is the colors are gray and blue. So like oh. ar- the Army, sure, the U.S. Army, and then the Confederate colors. You got the Union. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's, that's where it got the, its nickname. But the thing I like about the Russian Big Muff specifically is it's still slightly scooped, but it has more mid-range. Okay. So like some lower mid-range and... Um, I, I think it suits better for a lot of my equipment mm-hmm. than a standard big muff with huge scoop, like a ram set or anything. So yeah, I'm not sure if I have anything really clever for the other two presidents. Okay. So we've got Washington, Washington, and uh, who's the other one on there? Jefferson. Jefferson. That's right. So, um, what are your two and we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll nail it down. All right. So I'm going to put the rat on. Okay. Washington. Well, no, I'm going to do it on Jefferson's. Okay, so Jefferson's a rat. Okay, and? I'm going to put the HM2 as Washington. Wow. You're going with the HM2. I'm going with the HM2. Well, you own three of them. Yes, I do. So there is that. But uh, just the, so the HM2 is definitely not for everyone. Most people use it all knobs up for that Swedish metal sound. and Swedish metal. It's it's, it's fun. But (laughs) honestly, dial it back. You can get some. Actually, some nice sounds out of it. Probably not nice. There's nothing really nice sounding about the pedal, but yeah, it's kind of more like a fuzz. So, but for your Gilmore Megadeth, oh yeah, Slipknot, it's just <laughs> you know I actually saw Megadeth and they were using quad cortexes. Yeah. yeah. So Dave Mustaine and Kiko, they were both using quad cortexes in the rack. That's crazy. Yeah, it sounded great. Yeah. It well, just. Just like a Marshall crank. And, you know, and to that extent, so I borrowed from Jason a bunch of pedals. And when I borrowed these pedals, I ended up looking going, okay, I have Tube Screamer, Tube Screamer, Tube Screamer, Tube Screamer, and Tube Screamer. Okay, okay. I've got them all yeah. sitting there. Yeah. And I went, I'm just going to go through them. And I started clicking on them. Mm-hmm. And there was a clear winner. And then I did it again. And I left everything the way it was, except I went ahead and reorganized where they were in the chain before I clicked them on. Right. And just where they were in the chain changed where some of them uh, sat in a mix or in in, sure. in what I was playing. Because I was playing along with stuff and just going, okay, is that one good? Is that one good? And sure enough, some things reordered mm-hmm. and, and going, oh, that sucks. Or, man, that's really good. Yeah. Do you do gain stacking? Or are you? I do gain stacking. Okay. I, but it mostly depends on what I'm doing. So for sure, 
occasionally I need an always on because sometimes, you know, you start playing and you've got the amp set up to where it's like, yeah, that's exactly is what that, I want. You're always on. Is that your flanger? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. It's okay. the HM2. No. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, like, you start playing and, and you get the amp set up and you're like, man, that thing sounds great. And then you show up to the gig and you start playing. And because of the room mm-hmm. or because of the way the other players are playing or the song list for that night, you go... Yeah, I need something on all the time to change the mids yeah. or to give me a little more gain. And then all of a sudden you're going to need more gain again yeah. at some point. And so you can stack it or you can just switch them out. And then anytime I do a boost, right. anytime I'm wanting to do it, I'm actually not a boost fan. I don't like just clicking on like an EP booster. Yeah, I like to click on a Tube Screamer that is dialed down in the gain, up in the volume, and then I move the tone knob to where it's just a touch brighter than it was. Sure. And that that's how I get my second gain stage Yeah, to, to do a, a solo boost live. I do like to gain stack a lot. You can introduce a lot more noise, so you got to yeah. usually dial back the gain a bit on each pedal, but... What I find is you can just get more unique sounds. I do have the TC Electronics, um, is the old distortion booster. Okay. I, I don't think they make it anymore, unless they reissued it. I'm not sure, but TC Electronics could have ended up on my yeah uh, yeah on my Rushmore. That was that's a really awesome pedal company for sure. Uh, but the thing I like about it is you can put it in the clean mode, and it has no distortion. It's almost linear Mm -hmm. in that sense, but you can shape the EQ. It's just got lows and highs. And so you can tighten up the lows by lowering them. It's also got a gate on there. So if you've got really noisy pedals like I do, uh, you can gate that out if you want. Yeah. Well, and, and that is important as well, because that's one of the reasons why I think that I gravitated towards the line six products was because in the M9 and the M13, there was you didn't have to use an effects block, and they had a noise gate that you could always have going. Oh, nice. So when I played a Strat, mm-hmm. it was fine. When I played P90s, it was fine. And mm-hmm. if in my chain, because I used to play it where I had like three drives, mm-hmm. and then all my modulation was the M9. Right. And when I did that, it was nice because some of those drives were just noisy when you plugged them in. You didn't sure. even have to turn them on, and mm-hmm. they were a little noisy, especially with single coils. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things that I went, I, I can never go away from a Line 6 pedal. Then ended up getting the HX Stomp and the HX Effects, and those don't have the noise gate automatic. You have to actually use an effect spot, but it was worth it. So I did. And and it's interesting because now when I plug directly into an amp and I play just the Strat or the Kretzman or whatever, interestingly enough, the noise doesn't bother me as much anymore. And yeah. I think I think it's because my hearing's going. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, I've done audio, I feel like, for for years and I feel like my hearing's going too. But yeah. Honestly, there's something about that sixty cycle hum from a strat. That to me is just part of the sound. Yeah. Of course, you want to try to mitigate it, but sure. you know, 
I've definitely done the the dance, the Stratocaster oh, yeah. dance. You know, yeah, where you moving the guitar in different <laughs> ways to try and limit the amount of you know yeah. going on. Yeah, but I mean, that's true. I, I think some of the noise. I mean, it's just rock and roll, you know. It's just that's true. That's true. You know, there is that that thing that it makes it live. Yes. You know, and that is something that is also true. Is that amp noise? I mean, you look at all of these amp modelers, the Helix, the Quad Cortex, the Kemper, or whatever, and you can actually dial in amp noise because otherwise it wouldn't be there. Yeah. And um, I think that's a part because it makes it sound loud before it's loud. Yeah, it does. And it, it, it's just kind of fun, you know? Uh, you oh, yeah. touched on something earlier about playing in a live band, how yeah. you have to adjust. Mm-hmm. That's important for people to kind of learn playing in a band versus playing at home. What a lot of guys do when they're playing at home, I've ran into this where they just scoop out the mids because it sounds better in the room. Yeah. They get into a mix can't hear them at yeah all. and i think a good thing to do is even when you're playing at home is still keep the mid-range a yeah. little higher than you might feel comfortable because it really helps you learn how's this going to sit in a mix and mm-hmm. how's it going to feel well i feel like understanding how to dial in a mid-range in the long run is going to help you when you get into that band mix and you go why is it i can't hear myself mm-hmm. And I remember playing in a garage band one time, and I was trying to get the gig. And did y'all just play Nirvana? Yeah, oh, it just smells like yeah. Teen Spirit over and over <laughs> again. Yeah. Hey, wait, I got a real complaint. <laughs> but you know, I remember trying to get the gig, and this guy had this Mesa Boogie amplifier, and I was playing a a Fender Princeton chorus, but I had like a tube screamer mm-hmm. with it. And the guy just kept turning up louder and louder and louder because he couldn't hear himself. And I wasn't touching my amp. And he was like, you're too loud. And I'm like, okay. And so I turn it down. He still can't hear. He's like, you're still too loud. I'm like, I got to the point where I'm like, now I can't hear anything. And the singer was mad. And it was like, okay, what is the real problem? And the problem is, is his EQ was all jacked up. And when I tried to tell him his EQ is messed up because I was the one trying to get the gig. I did not get asked back. Yeah. Yeah, don't tell me what to do. Well, and the, the thing is with the Mesas, their EQs are very touch sensitive. Yes. So you breathe on it, it's going to scoop it. Oh, yeah. He probably had the Power V oh, yeah. going to. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, I've heard it referred to as the California smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> the Da Vinci chalice. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we should probably start bringing this to a close a little bit. And as we bring it to a close, I'm going to ask this question first. And that is, does power supplies or cables matter? Okay. And and what are your thoughts on that? Okay. I think power supplies are very important. I think having isolated power can help mitigate unwanted noise. Yeah, that's true. Also, just popping in a battery can isolate the power as well. Yeah. Um, especially if it's the Eric Johnson style Mars batteries. That's right. The cables, man, as long as your cables doesn't have a short in it, I'm not too picky on cables. Um, I kind of laugh when I see the gold-plated ones. Yeah. Because to me, that's not really doing anything. Unless the whole cable is made of gold. Yeah, and then considering that the circuit board that you're about to run it through 
doesn't have gold oh, yeah. solder and stuff. Yeah. so it, there's gonna be something but i had a boss cs2 that i borrowed from jason mm-hmm. and he mentioned something about the power supply it's gonna and be 12 volts yes mm-hmm. and i didn't realize that it was a 12 volt power supply that went into the pedal that they did a step down of three volts yeah to make it nine volts and everything was good to go. And so I ran it with the 12 volt because I had mm-hmm. I had the ability to do that with a uh, a True Tone CS12. Okay. And so I did that. And you know what? It sounded excellent. And then I yeah. went, I wonder if I can do it with the regular nine volt. And I can. Yeah. But I dropped the circuit down to six volts. And it just didn't have all the life to it. I'm sure. Yeah. And it was a little more noisy. Yeah, so a lot of the old boss pedals they had a twelve volt system. So I have a Voodoo Lab yeah. power supply, which has a twelve volt option for a lot of my older pedals. Because um, I've got like the Boss Octave, the Chorus, the HM2, and a few others. Uh, so I think it's important to be able to knock it to the twelve volt. But eventually, I've kind of told you this. Eventually, I want to build a rack unit. That has the power supply built in. Yeah, that's right. So. You mentioned that. You were talking about how you wanted to get to rack gear, which yeah. Lloyd, another person in our group therapy, uh, Lloyd would be like, don't go to the rack unit. Oh, I'm sure. I've done the rack unit. Don't do it. I don't know. I just, it would be more of a challenge to myself to build it. and. Yeah, it but you're not wanting to go buy rack gear. You're wanting to go make rack gear. Oh, yeah. Pull up soldering iron. Yep. Capacitors. Wire it all together. Mess with the, the values of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's really cool. So I, I think that power supplies, they, they do matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use Sweetfoot pedals for a lot of mine. And the main reason why is because they're they're small. They're in one of those like MXR style enclosures. Yeah. And they sound good. Mm-hmm. I Honestly, the True Tone One Spot Daisy Chain, I've honestly never had a problem with those. Some people are like, oh, they're not isolated. They're not. I've never had a problem with yeah. it, but I also don't have crazy complicated boards. You For know? sure. Yeah. I'm not like Vertex Effects going, well, if you do this and you do this, then you do that. And then don't forget, you need your wet, dry, wet. And it's yeah, like, what yeah. is all of this? Okay. N- not saying that stuff doesn't sound awesome. But I, I had a one, the one spot at yeah. one point. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with I didn't that. I have an issue. Yeah. When it comes to cables, as long as the cable sounds good, it is good. Yeah, that's my take on it. There have been a number of cables that I've gotten that have sounded terrible. Like, you plug it in, you go, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you change the cable and you go, oh, it's better. And it's just because it was, like, Radio Shack cables and that kind of thing. Like, that, no. But the Guitar Center cables that you get, they're, like, three bucks. Yeah, I I usually buy them from Sweetwater. Yeah. Honestly, I I was using the Donner flat style and... Mm. You know, got them from Amazon, and they sounded good. You could touch on people talking about directional cables. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eric Johnson. Yeah. One direction. That's that's the way they go. <laughs> and yeah, it's so terrible. But, you know. I, but, I love Eric Johnson as a player. Yes. Just some of the. Eccentric. Yeah. 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 The Cliffs of Dover. is He's over that. Yeah, <laughs> for like, sure. That's where he gets his alkaline batteries. Oh, at the Cliffs of Dover. At the Cliffs of Dover. That's it. Great song. <laughs> it is. I wish I could play it that fast. Uh and, and that well, just anything really. <laughs> okay, well, 
now it's time to go ahead and bring us to the close. So let's go to the final thoughts. So what are your final thoughts on pedals, getting back to pedal, whatever? What are your yeah. final thoughts on so pedals? My thoughts on pedals is this. If you're a multi-effects guy and you want to stick with that, stick with it. It works. If you're probably like me and Dr. T, pedals yeah. are just where it inspires me to play. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah. But find stuff that works for you, for your amp, for your setup. Make sure you're familiar enough with your amp to be able to set and dial in sounds that work. Yeah. Because if you go out and buy a rat and you're like, why? I don't like the way it sounds. Mm -hmm. it's, it's probably a combination of things, but it could be how you have your amp set up. And I think, you know, just finding the sounds that work for you is important. So, yeah, I can only add a little bit to that. And it's something that I remember hearing from a very wise person. Lloyd had mentioned that it's all a marriage of things. Mm -hmm. And if you're trying to play your rat through a, a Fender Twin, you might be having a bad day. But yeah. then again, you might be having a great day. It depends. If you're playing your rat through a Marshall, you're probably having a good day, oh, actually. Yeah. You know, so it, it's all about the marriage of all the things. And if it inspires you to play, then you should use it and play it. And that that's the big thing for me. Right now, I was feeling uninspired to play my HX effects whenever I was doing things and I am getting pedals and I'm plugging them in and I'm inspired to make tone. And there's something about clicking all the menus, menu, 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 that makes you a computer programmer and not an actual guitarist. And it bothered me. And what I found was when I started playing with the pedals again, I started finding sweet tone at just Honestly, the twist of a knob. Yeah. And so I would say if you're if you're looking to be inspired to play, that's what you need to go do. I'm getting back into pedals. We've talked about a number of awesome pedals. And we I'm sure we have missed ones that people are like screaming oh, right yeah. now going, oh, you didn't mention anything about Voodoo Labs, Sparkle Drive, or oh, yeah. any of those things. And I, I get it. I need you to come up with your Mount Rushmore pedals, and you need to you need to let me know. I need the listeners to do that. Let's continue group therapy. All righty. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for being on here, Chris. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Until next time, right? Yep. Yeah. I'm so glad that we're going to do this again. Maybe yeah. strings? Strings. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. All yeah. right. Bye. Well, that's all the time we have for the Tweed Couch Guitar Therapy Session. If you like what you heard, make sure you leave five stars in review. Also, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And remember, you are your greatest asset. Until next time.